1805, Thomas Jefferson sent Lewis and Clark out on their famous expedition, and their task was to find a water route. And I didn't know this till just this morning. The water route was supposed to be from somewhere near St. Louis all the way to the Pacific Ocean. Up to my life, I, I thought it was from like Chicago or something like that. And they had met a tribe as they did this uh, uh, research. Uh, you know, there was a, this, this fable that there was a waterway that would connect uh, to, the, to the Pacific Ocean and it would revolutionize trade, it would revolutionize travel, help expansion in the U.S. And there was a tribe that Lewis and Clark came across and said, yeah, there is a waterway and we can totally get you there, but there's going to be some mountains. And this is where our first assumption comes into the story because Lewis and Clark, you know, spending most of their time and their training canoeing in, uh, in the east. And there were mountains, the Appalachian Mountains, uh, that, were, that were big, but they thought, oh, we can get over some mountains. But they were the Rocky Mountains. And they set out on their journey with experts in canoeing because you're going to need canoe experts to get from the waterway that connects St. Louis all the way to the Pacific Ocean or, or just maybe a couple miles west of St. Louis, well, they journeyed, the, their guides took them to the base of the Rocky Mountains. And I can't imagine how Lewis and Clark would have felt staring at the, the, the basis of, of so many John Denver songs and looking up going, these are not the Appalachian Mountains. Uh, and I can almost feel like this 300-year dream that had started way before Lewis and Clark just crumbling in their hands. This, the expectations are, are gone. Like, this is not what we were expecting. I, I don't, this isn't possible. What are we going to do? And in many ways, I think you and I find ourselves in that same spot in our own lives. We're going along. We've got our plans. We've we've got our education. We have uh, we have our hopes and dreams for our loved ones, and then we have something happen that's bigger than the Rocky Mountains, and it is right in front of us. Our expectations haven't been met. Uh, we're looking at this thing that wasn't on our map, and we're thinking, this isn't going to work. There's so many times in life I've said, and I, I'm sure you've said, it wasn't supposed to be this way. And lots of emotions bubble up in that moment. We get angry. Uh, it's very natural. It's very natural to blame somebody else. Like, okay, who did the GPS for life here? Like, who did this? This is your fault. Or we can dig in and be like, no, well, I was right, and this, this is wrong, and we can, get, uh, we can do all those things and just even get fir more firmly entrenched in, in our position. And we can feel like we're just banging our head up against this problem, this mountain of a problem, over and over again. For over these next few moments, I want to talk to you about a simple idea that change is a part of life. Unexpected things that happen are a part of life. And these things will either bring us closer or further away from God. We have a choice in this. We don't have control over our circumstances and the things that life throws at us, but our posture determines what we become. Our approach to it. 
we have complete control over our attitude. We don't have control over the things that happen, but we can control our response to it. And there's this ancient poem written, uh, attributed to King Solomon, that talks about the changes and, and the, the curveballs life can throw at us. And it's in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, 1 through 8. There is a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear down and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. I think one of the biggest things King Solomon is saying here is that change is going to be a constant in life and that, that things never stay the same, but all the things that happen, no matter what, God is in control. And the word time uh, appears over and over again. And uh, I'm in a stage where I often find myself wishing that I could just freeze time. Uh, there's a picture I keep looking at of my daughter, Ella, and I right after she was born. And uh, so often I, I wish, oh, I wish I could freeze time. Uh, I'm, a, I'm sentimental like that. And I remember holding her for the first time. And I remember... Um, holding her and realizing this isn't what I was trained for. It suddenly dawned on me after months and months of training on how, uh, how to assist my wife, how to bring her ice chips while she's giving birth, how to support her best, how to set the room atmosphere just right. I'd given little to no thought of how to actually care for this pregnancy. It's like, um, I could almost, I felt like I could almost be a doula by then or a midwife. Like, oh, I'll, I'm, I'm fine with that part. But I was like, whoa, I'm responsible for this little human being. Like, I, I wasn't trained for this. Uh, something in our life is always training us, even if we don't have the training for what we're being trained for. Those big mountains stand in our path and we scratch our heads going, I don't even have the answers for this. Well, the answer isn't one, not freezing time. The answer isn't, all, sometimes it's impossible. Well, it's always impossible to just go back to the way things were. These seasons are changing. The times that we live in are changing. And these changing seasons that we're in, they are changing us. They are forming us. That's a reality of life is that something is always forming you. But the good news is we have a say in what shape we become. Circumstances can form us into being bitter, like the old saying goes, or they can make us better. And the challenging part for me in that text we just read is that it says there's a time for everything. 
and a season for every activity under the heavens. I get tripped up on that word, everything. There's a theologian that is, uh, says, everything belongs. And if you're like me, you think everything, that, that pain, that painful event, that annoying thing, that, that leaky sink in my, there's a, there's a season to call the plumber. <laughs> there's a season to uh, clean your house. Like, there's a season for everything. And I, um, and, and especially thousands of years later, don't get tripped up over some of the language in there. So Solomon's not saying it's okay to hate people and things like that. His main thrust is trying to get us to recognize that each moment is God-given. Not all the circumstances, not all the pain, but the, the time that we have, it's God-given time. There's no do-overs, and, and there's, no, there's, uh, there's no way we can just um, uh, fast forward through them either, but this time is a chance maybe for God to come through for you, a chance to, uh, for God once again to prove how faithful he is. Like every moment we have is God-given, and it doesn't, regardless of the circumstances. Um, a few years ago, you might have to reach back in, in your memory banks because it was right before the COVID lockdown, um, the, the basketball player, Kobe Bryant, passed away in the helicopter, uh, uh, helicopter crash. And I'll never forget watching the funeral and hearing Shaquille O'Neal uh, give his speech and talk about their journey and in, in the midst of one of those moments where uh, so many basketball fans like me were thinking, we didn't plan for this. This is like, it, it's painful and it's, it feels like this event happened from another dimension. But when he was reflecting on his relationship with Kobe, Shaq said, it makes me think that in life, sometimes instead of holding back certain things, we should just do. We take stuff for granted. And um, there have been so many circumstances in my, in my life so far where I've thought, like, I'm in the middle of this. It's so hard. It's so, like... Uh, I don't know where the answer's coming from. I've got anxiety. I've got anger. I'm, I'm trying to look around to see whose fault it is. And God got me through it. God got my community through it. And I look back and I think, I don't want to go through that again, but I don't think I would trade that experience for anything. And now going back to the Lewis and Clark story, like they, they probably had some choices, I would think. I mean, they're, they're looking at the Rocky Mountains, probably looking at their guides going, you didn't mention how big they were. <laughs> we were thinking mountains in North Carolina or Virginia or Tennessee. Okay, forget it. Let's just go back. We'll tell Thomas Jefferson that there, there was just no way through. There's no water way through. You, we could all turn back and, and try fruitlessly to go back to the way things were. Um, the Lewis and Clark could have just sat there and brooded over how unfair it was that, that, that they had gotten this far and then now there's an obstacle. Um, or they could pick up their, their boats and think, okay, it's a huge mountain, but let's just carry our boats over the Rocky Mountains. Or what they did is they made the bold choice to ditch their canoes and say, we weren't planning for this. We're actually trained for a, a, an expedition that is mostly water, but we're gonna go over the Rockies. 
And I'm, I'm inspired by that because for most of us, on, if you were to graph our expectations, up and to the right is the default expectation for most of us. That's what our culture teaches us to expect. It's always gonna be better. We're always gonna improve. We're always going to get bigger. We're always going to get more successful and, and experience more of that. But that expectation can beat the life out of us when we, when we think that everything's always going to trend in the right direction. And when that happens to us, we can stay put. We can stay in a place where, no, like I'm comfortable with this. I'm just gonna sit here and, and not even face my challenges and, 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 and even try anything else. Uh, we, can, we can try to reach out in vain for control and try to control the circumstances and people in our life. But we can't put off following Jesus. I get it, it's hard, uh, especially when things aren't going to plan. And following Jesus isn't the easy path. He, he called following him uh, narrow. So I've got a question for you. Are the changes in your life, are they going to bring you closer to Jesus? Or are you going to let Jesus leverage them to move you closer to him? Are they gonna move you away from Jesus or are they going to move you closer? I think about this. Uh, this passage in Matthew chapter 4, as Jesus was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, and they were casting their net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fish for people. And at once they left their nets and followed him. And their boats. I mean, we're sticking with the motif today, like Lewis and Clark. Lewis and Clark left their boats, and these disciples, they left their nets, they left their life of being a fisherman. They were trained for that. They were apprenticed to fish for people. And now this, this rabbi is coming saying, I'm going to apprentice you to, to, to not fish for fish, but to fish for people. And so it, there their expectations were like, okay, I guess I'm going to do something else with my life. There's something so compelling about this guy. We've got to follow him. And they expected him. To eventually, they expected him to become a military and political messiah and kick the Romans out. There's high expectations. And they got Jesus. They didn't get everything they were expecting. They didn't expect for this person that they followed for years to die. They didn't expect Jesus to come back from the dead either. Uh, they didn't expect to be persecuted. But what they did find blew their expectations out of their water. They found a purpose worth dying for. They found a person in Jesus Christ worth dying for. They found life and meaning. And even though they had countless challenges, countless expectations really tweaked and mess with, messed with, they found something so compelling they were willing to give their lives for it. That's a lot of changes by my count in their story. Jesus also said this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So he told that to his disciples. In this world, I think in 2023, you're going to have challenges. You're going to face so many things that you never even thought of, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I'm not going to tell you that, that the scriptures offer any easy hacks 
to the obstacles you face. There's no, there's no quick shortcut around the rocky mountains of your life. But I do have the good news for me, me here is that Jesus says, take heart. I'll take you through this. And I want to challenge you to wrestle with this. Wrestle with this scripture verse this week. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So I want to challenge you to memorize this along with me. Memorize it, commit it to memory, read it every day, however you memorize, listen to it, but also pray it. Ask that God would give you his peace. Pray this verse. Ask that Jesus would help this to sink in because it's not just a, a switch you can flip. That God, Jesus, give me your peace. So pray it. I, I want to challenge you to list out the circumstances in your life and then pray this verse. Help me to take heart that you have overcome the challenges in whatever's in your life. Challenge A, challenge B, hurt B, trauma C, all those things. List it out and ask for, for this perspective that Jesus is talking about. He's saying it's possible if you're walking with him and you're in, in relationship with him that you don't have to be disheartened by the, the trouble in this world and in the troubles in, in, our, in your life. And the last component of this challenge, I really want to wrestle with it, is for you to declare it, that Jesus has overcome the world and declare it by reaching out to someone you know who knows God and share what you're trusting God for. Like share the area where you need God's peace in your life. And if you don't have that person, if no one's coming right to mind, uh, reach out to us, send us a direct message uh, or, or put a comment below uh, so we can be a part of your declaration and join in with you because I want you to take heart. Um, more, way more importantly, Jesus wants you to take heart. Help is closer than you think. Comfort is closer than you think. Replenishment is closer than you think. And I, I really believe with all my heart, as we read in that poem, that yes, there's a time for everything under the sun, but for us, I think our word is that it's, it's the time to mend and to hand over G, to Jesus all the broken things in your life, all the things that are just messy. And I'm, I'm trusting and expecting that God will see, help you see how, the, how he wants to mend the brokenness in your life and in my life and, and, and use us to help mend the brokenness in our world. And we can do it. Jesus said he'd be with us. So take heart, my friend. Closer Help is closer than you think. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I trust that what you say is true and I lift up everyone who can hear my voice right now. Uh, every, every broken spot in their heart, in their mind, in their thinking, guilt, shame, regret, all those things. And may they hear your words right now. Take heart, son. Take heart, daughter. I've overcome the world. Dear Jesus, as we follow you, will you please make that scripture verse true for us that we can, we can trust you? And would you please, in this moment, fill us with your hope and expectation and help our eyes to see all that you want to do and all that you are at work behind the scenes doing in our lives. And, and God, we want to partner with you to mend this world and, and mend uh, whatever is in your will. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Well, thank you for spending a few minutes with us. We can't wait to see you again. As always, you can reach out to us in the comments below or sgbic.com. And if you're new around here, that's the best place to find out how to get more connected into this community. And we wanna know more about you and get more connected to you. So please don't hesitate to reach out. And until we're together again, may the Lord bless you and keep you and mend you. May the God who says, take heart, give you hope. And may he bless you and keep you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, amen.